Hello and welcome to another episode of Grange TV. We have with us a very special guest, Mr. Christian Lee, um, current light, uh, current one champion in the lightweight division and the winner of the lightweight Grand Prix. Um, all the, he also signed at 17 years old. He's one of those people that, um, another one of these guys that's an annoying uh, overachiever. All this was done by the age of 22 as well. Am I correct with that? You, you did that all by yep. the age Um yeah, I just I won my lightweight world title um, at the age of 20, and then um, the second one came at 21. The the Grand Prix title came at 21, and uh, now I'm 22, and I feel like I'm just just starting my journey. Uh, you know, how did that happen? Because you signed all your fights have been with One FC, so you signed as a 17 year old directly with One FC. You you'd never fought in like the smaller shows, so to speak. So so how did that happen? Um. You know, so it really just started um, with, um, with my sister and I. Um, I was, I believe, 16 at the time. My sister was 18. And she fought, um, she fought locally in Hawaii. Um, and she, you know, she did a great job. She finished all of her opponents. And then from there, she got a call from one championship offering to sign her. And from there, we traveled to Singapore. And that's where... We, we met up with the Evolve fight team in Singapore. From there, once we became um, members, we went through like a, a, a bit of a tryout there. Uh, we became members and um, I, I guess the team was just really impressed with how I was doing with the rest of the pro fighters in the gym. So they gave me a shot. And then at 17 years old, I was able to make my professional debut. And that's how it happened. How, how what's your... I know your your parents, your your dad, everyone's involved. Can you talk about that a little bit and about your martial arts journey? Also, I've been meaning to ask you: Did you wrestle in high school? I did. I did. Um, so my freshman year, um, I wrestled varsity, and you know, I did I did decently well. But um, you know, I was I was kind of I still had a a very like young mindset at the time. Um, I after school. I wanted to go home and I wanted to train. I wanted to just commit everything to MMA because at the time I'd already traveled overseas uh, for a few uh, MMA world competitions and I'd done pretty well. I, I collected a few amateur world titles um, as a junior. So, you know, I didn't want to spend my time just on wrestling. You know, I was, I was like, man, you can't, you can't submit, you can't strike. The only goal is to pin. So I didn't, I didn't have much drive in that. Um, I did two years of wrestling. Uh, and I never really, my third year, um, as I, as I was starting to get excited in wrestling, um, that's when I signed with one championship and I was ineligible to compete in high school wrestling anymore. So, um, then, then it just, the focus went straight to MMA. And how, how instrumental is your family with your training? Oh man, you know, uh, my family's been there throughout my whole career and it really it started um, from before my sister and I were born. Um, my parents, they they started training, um, you know, at an early age. They started off competing in Taekwondo. Uh, my, my mom's dad was actually um, sort of like a pioneer for uh, mixed martial arts. He he taught like the system called Hapto Sul, which covered you know, ranges from the striking, added in judo and a bit of jiu-jitsu. And then from there, my 
parents decided to open up their own martial arts gym, teaching, um, you know, the very early stages of mixed martial arts. You know, mixed martial arts wasn't around at the time back uh, back in the late 90s when they were opening up their gyms. So um, it was very new. They did very well. Um, they had three martial arts gyms in Canada before my sister and I were born. And then from there, we just grew up on the mats. Uh, my sister and I both started training around three years old. And, you know, from there, we just always grew up on the mats in the gym. Um, yeah, I, I think I was like 11 years old when I first started uh, training and rolling with the adults. And, you know, from there, that's that's really just how it all started. Growing up, um, you know, starting to get the fire for training. And then as we started competing, um, started really enjoying it as it competed on a higher level. I enjoyed traveling, um, you know, seeing the world and also competing, testing my skills against, you know, people from all over the world. I really enjoyed that comp uh, that competition aspect of it. And, um, you know, from there, that's when I made the decision to, you know, make a career out of it. As a kid, how badly did your sister beat you up? <laughs> oh, man, you know, she's two years older than me. And um, she's always had a very, very big fire just inside of her um so growing up i used to get smashed she would she would toss me around beat me up every single day and um i get my butt handed to me you know but i really um looking back i'm actually really thankful for it because growing up my whole early you know early martial arts life i learned how to get beat up and i learned how to keep pushing through uh after losing over and over and I feel that now um, as I've you know developed as, as I've matured as a, as a person as a martial artist um, there's not too many people I come across that can give me a tough time on the mat and so the fact that I've learned how to lose my whole early childhood life um, it's taught me like a, a bit of perseverance and just just a bit of grit that you know no matter who I go against you know I don't I don't care about winning or losing my whole goal is just to get better so when i'm on the match training it's it's just it's nothing new to me whether i win or lose i'm just trying to get better i i think i, I we were talking off air before and um i have a, a daughter she's one probably you know have more kids almost one and um i can see she's like she already she's like a little savage you know and i i'm not <laughs> I, I was actually not like that myself but maybe she gets it from a wife. I don't know. But she is a little savage. But I look at um, I look at like people that grew up that competed in sports and had an an older sister that competed in the sport. And like you look at like uh, I don't know if you watch basketball. If you used to watch basketball back in the day, uh, like Reggie Miller and Cheryl Miller. And I think when you have like an older sister, like you can sort of she's older and she's better technically and she's more developed. But you start to catch up physically quicker. But it kind of it's it's a little bit different to having an older brother because your older brother can be he can be shit technically, but he's just gonna be like he's on roids, you know <laughs> what I mean? So it's hard, but I think when you have a sister, like she's much better technically as well. So you 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 have to develop like the, your technical attributes as well. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I never had an older sister, but I'm I I'm just asking you what what your take on all of that is, and if you're familiar with Cheryl Miller and that. Um, no, no, unfortunately, I'm not familiar with, I don't really follow much basketball. I really don't follow much sports other than, uh, than MMA, but, um, yeah, I really, I really feel like that's true. You know, growing up with an older sister, man, she was always stronger. 
than me, but she was also always more technical. And so really there was no way to beat her other than just continuing to try my best. And over the years, I did have to develop, um, you know, certain techniques, ways that I can, um, you know, really survive, first of all, with just technique and then ways to win with technique. And, um, you know, growing up on the mats, not only training with my sister, but um, always being thrown in with the adults, um, there was no way I could physically overpower them, you know, in the grappling or in the striking because I was, I was just a kid. I didn't have much strength yet, but I was able to develop, um, you know, certain ways I could technically just nullify their strength and then ways that I could technically um, overcome them. And, and, you know, before I knew it, I was able to be, um, you know, tapping out adults left and right with just pure technique alone. And then, I, you know, I thought it was really great. Once I started to add in a little bit of strength, then it, would just, it just felt easy. So um, I'm very grateful that I had to learn how to up, up the technical side first before, um, before I had the strength advantage over anybody. You, you have a younger sister as well, and she's signed as well. And, and your brother-in-law signed with, with one as well. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, my baby sister, uh, Victoria, she just, they, they just announced that she signed with one championship and I'm so proud of her for that. You know, she's, she's so young, but she's so incredibly determined and she works so hard. I really don't know any other 16 year old girl that could handle, uh, you know, not only the pressure, but just, um, just the work ethic that it takes to be, um, to be a professional fighter at such a young age, you know? Um, I think it's great that I started at 17 because I'm able to kind of give her, give her the insight, give her the knowledge and try to help her not make the same mistakes that I did uh, when I was her age. But um, Victoria, man, she's doing everything right with her career so far. Um, she's able to handle the pressure of the interviews, the, the photo shoots, the video shoots, and she's able to continue to stay focused on her end goal, which is just being a better martial artist and blocking everything out and just focusing on her goal of, of doing well and making this a, a career. So I'm very proud of how she's handling it right now. And, uh, you know, with my sister, me, my dad, we're going to help to manage her career the right way. Um, but, you know, with Victoria, that's, that's where she's at. She's on, on track. And um, I'm very excited for what, what her future holds. Um, as for my brother, Bruno, um, he's a great guy, man. He works incredibly hard. He's on the mats every day with me. And, and he's just putting in work. Uh, right now, he's this is going to be a second fight in the bantamweight division, and um, he's coming off of I think it was a, a unanimous decision loss over uh, Shuya, who's also ranked in the top five now. Um, you know, me personally, I feel like that was that was just kind of a tough tough fight for him. He took uh, he took that matchup on three weeks' notice, and he had to drop down to 145 pounds bantamweight. Um, in those three weeks. So I feel like that, you know, that had something to do with it. So, you know, this camp, he's had a lot of time to work on his weight descent. And uh, I'm really excited for when he steps in there against uh, his opponent, Juan Juanil. I think he's going to do really well. And, um, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, seeing him work his way up the bantamweight division and hopefully we'll see him touch gold by the end of next year. And you have a, that's your brother-in-law, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have a, a younger brother. Does he train? Yep. Does he compete and train in martial arts? I do have a younger brother as well. He's 14 years old right now, and uh, he's growing every day. 
you know, he's starting to uh, step into our fighter training. He's doing incredibly well with the professional fighters on our team. And he hasn't officially decided to make uh, fighting a career. And no one's pressuring him to. He can do whatever he wants in life. But um, if he does choose to, he's got, um, he's got incredible talent. He's been training his whole life. He's very just naturally skilled, naturally strong. And um, he's got all of the resources that he needs to make a career out of it. So, you know, if he chooses to, and he, he'll definitely, um, he'll definitely be a top prospect for sure. You spoke earlier about uh, the mistakes that you've made in the, in the past, because you, you debuted at 17, your sister, she's debuting now 16 years old. What were some of the mistakes and how did you deal with it? Um, you know, for me, when I signed at 17 years old, I was just so excited, so nervous, um, and I had a lot of, um, just a lot of angst. I made my, um, I still remember, December 2015 was when I made my professional debut, and um, I got a, I got a 30-second knockout. That was my first fight, and, you know, I was just so pumped up. I took the next one the following month in January. From there, I took the next fight in March. And this whole time, I was still um, still in high school. So I would train after school. Then I'd fly out to fight. I'd come back, and I'd go straight back to school. And, um, you know, I was able to handle it um, fairly well. But after fighting five times um, within the span of uh, 11 months, and I, I just got so burned out to the point where, like, I didn't notice I was burnt out. But when I stepped in there for my sixth fight, and I just, I just, I didn't have the, the same focus, the same fire as when I first started because it was just going from fight camp to fight camp uh, and just one opponent after the next. So um, I feel like in that sense, if I'd taken a break to just kind of rest, rest my mind, rest my body, recuperate, and then create a solid game plan with each opponent, you know, um, the outcome would have been different. But, um, you know, I don't have any regrets with the way my career went. And, you know, I just like to use little things like that to just guide um, my little sister now as she's entering her journey. And, um, you know, in that sense, we're going to take her career one fight at a time and just try to stop after each match, just make sure that her mind and body is fully recovered and ready to go into the next one before she takes a fight. What kind of kid were you at school? Um, in school, um, my grades my grades were, were decent. You know, I wouldn't say that I was a straight A student, but um, you know, I was I was um, I was always a decent like a fairly smart kid. I was able to do a few AP classes. Um, my senior year in high school, I, I attempted to take an AP calculus class, but um, after doing that for about a, um, about one quarter, that with the fighting was just too much. Um, I had to drop that class. But, um, you know, for me, I was in school, but my mind was just on fighting. And I was just watching fights. And I'm just taking notes on my training the day before. Um, and that was just what consumed all of my thoughts. Um, so I was able to just graduate and, um, you know, keep my grades up there um, enough. But um, my mind was just always on fighting. Yeah, but as a kid, like, like who, say if we were at school together in the 10th grade, which, which uh, kid were you? Like, what, what kind of person were you? Um, I just kept to myself. You know, uh, you know I, had a, I had a 
few friends uh, here and there. Um, I actually met my my wife in high school. Um, so we met uh, my sophomore year, and she was a freshman at the time. So uh, my high school year, we were just together the whole time. Um, and then uh, just, you know, it's just me and her. I kept to myself. We had friends, but um, I was pretty quiet. I wouldn't say, like, um, I had much desire to just put myself out there or have too many friends. Um, I was just... I was just very focused from a young age. Um, you know, I was, I'd spend time with, with my girlfriend who's now my wife and, um, the rest of the time I'd just be, I'd just be training. And, you know, I really just made up in my mind from a very early age that I wanted to be a professional fighter. And that was kind of just all that ran through my head, just 24 seven. Where do you think that focus and that drive comes from? Like, where do you think was, there's heaps of people that their parents run martial arts schools and they don't do anything to do with martial arts a lot of the time. Where do you think that, that focus, that laser focus came from? Well, you know, I think I think a, I would credit um, a big portion of it to, to my dad. You know, he's a, he's a very intense, very focused guy. And um, we've been very close my whole life. He's always made it a point to, you know, be a big influence in in all of our lives, in all of my siblings' lives. And um, he just always, we'd always just spend time together and he'd, he'd have these life talks with me, just talks that, that really changed the way that I look at things. Um, so, you know, even from my high school days, he just talked to me about, like, what it takes to be successful and, you know, what the kind of mindset you need to have to um, to be a successful person, to set yourself apart from others. And um, I, I would see my dad, you know, waking up at four o'clock in the morning and working, coming home at 11 at night um, because he, he had a second career as well, uh, doing real estate um, on top of teaching martial arts. So I've always seen my parents working extremely hard. And my parents, of course, are very successful people. So I always, um, you know, put the dots together that if you want to be a successful person, you have to work extremely hard. And, um, you know, with that compared with uh, my dad's uh, constant life coaching, uh, I feel like that kind of just shaped, shaped me into being a very focused, I guess, serious person uh, from a young age. All right. And are your, your, your other siblings, are, do they, are they the same? Like, do they all have that kind of focus as well? Um, yeah, I would say they're, they're very focused as well. Um, you know, my little siblings, uh, they like to play around it and we all baby them very much, but, um, they do have that focus and they know, they know already at such a young age that no matter what they end up doing, they're going to be successful at it and they're going to work extremely hard at it. And so, you know, I, I credit that to my parents because they've instilled that work ethic in all of us, um, in all four of their kids, they've instilled work ethic and, uh, you know, discipline. So, um, I know that, you know, Victoria, she's starting her fighting career and Adrian, whatever he chooses to do, I know that he's going to be successful because not only does he have the support behind him, but he, he has the winning mindset that whatever he sets, whatever he makes up his mind to do, he's going to do it well. And uh, I feel that's what, what me and all of my siblings have in our, in us. It's such an important thing, eh, the work ethic, because you can be talented, it'll get you so far, but at, at a certain level, everyone's talented, you know, no matter what the, the, the skill is and, and what's going to set you apart is your work ethic. And I think that's one of the biggest gifts you can give to your kids. I think that that's 
fantastic. Um, do you think, and I, I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Do you think that um, training so much, because being a coach, I was a coach for a long time, so people um, always would say this, you know, when you've got a young guy and you're kind of pushing him to to do well in martial arts or whatever, and people go, oh, do you think, you know, it's affecting his childhood or her childhood? Um, it's taking away from their childhood, et cetera, da, 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 da. Do you think that the way that you trained and how focused you were with everything took away from your childhood and your adolescence or that it, it, it gave you, it gave you more stuff? You know, um, throughout the interviews, I've actually heard this question a lot. And, you know, my, the way that I think about it is, you know, on one hand, you can say that, um, you know, being so focused towards a specific goal from a young age, um, in my case, martial arts, being so focused on it will take away your childhood. And, and I, from early age, I've decided, I figured out that it's what I'm most passionate about. And when I can turn my passion into a career um, at such a young age, it's, it's really just a blessing because people spend you know, they spend their whole lives, if they want to be a doctor, they spend their whole lives preparing to be a doctor. They make up their mind from high school that they want to be a doctor. After they graduate, they spend four years of college and another, you know, eight years at, at medical school just to become a doctor. So it, it will take them um, how long to really get to what they want to do, which is their career. And I was able at 17 years old to uh, not only make up in my mind what I wanted to do, but actually start uh, start my career in something that I'm passionate about. So, you know, on one hand, you can say that, um, you know, you're taking away somebody's childhood, but on the other hand, you can say that you're guiding them towards a specific career that can change, you know, that can really change and elevate their, their life. So I, I'm incredibly grateful. I may have sacrificed more than, you know, other teenagers had to sacrifice during my high school life, but, um, who else can say that at 22 years old, you know, they're the champion of the world and, and you know, they've, they've made a decent living for themselves and their family. So I'm very grateful that my parents pushed me in the direction they did. And I'm grateful that I sacrificed all that I did because um, it's not easy to make a living out here. And especially it's not easy to make a living with something you're passionate about. So uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for the way that my life went and I wouldn't, I wouldn't take anything back. For what it's worth, my opinion on that is like, it's you're stealing someone's childhood if if the person doesn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, if they they they'll make yeah. you do fucking fuck calculus. You know what I mean? If they were just saying to you, "No, you're gonna do this," <laughs> da, 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 then I'd say that that's taken away from someone. You know what I mean? But if if I saw that, like I said, mm. like I have my daughter. If I saw that my daughter was gifted at ballet and she loved it, then I would do everything I could for her to excel in whatever her passion is. You know what I mean? And I think that just is going to mm -hmm. enhance someone's thing. So good on you and good on your family for doing that, you know, and recognizing that your kids have that talent <laughs> and have the, the thing. I was going to ask you with, is it hard to watch your sister fight? Is it hard to watch that? Like see her getting hit or hurt or yeah. anything like that? 
It, it is actually. Um, and I always say it, it's a lot harder for me to watch my sister fight than for me to actually go in, in there and fight myself. Because, um, you know, she's my older sister. But in, in many ways, you know, we're like peers and she's like my little sister as well. Uh, we take care of each other. And when I see her step in there, when I see her take cracks, I mean, I know she's tough. I know she can take it. But I, I myself get very nervous whenever she steps in there. And I get extremely nervous when I see my, my little brother and sister step into competitions as well. So uh, for me, like as, as much as I know that my sister is ready, she is extremely talented and she's going to tear through her opponent. I get, I get extremely nervous every time she steps in there. Do you, do you get more nervous or is it, is, are the feelings different? Not necessarily more or less, but are they different between your younger brother and your younger sister? Do you feel more protective towards your younger sister? I don't know. I've only got a younger sister and she doesn't fight or anything. So I, I, if someone did that, it'd be, it's a different story. You know what I mean? But between you and your, yeah. like your, your, the younger brother and younger sister, is there, is there a difference? Um, you know, for, for me, I would say the only difference is like for with my little brother in the gym, I'm okay with pushing him, pushing him harder. Like I'll, I'll put him in the rounds with the adult. I'll put him in the hard rounds. Uh, my sister, I'm a little bit softer, but when it comes to the competition, I'm equally as nervous for both of them because, and they're, they're like, they're like my babies, you know, I, I'm very close to them. And, uh, every time they step in there, just, just knowing that, you know, that the result is unknown just makes me nervous. And, uh, are you, but are you worried about the results or is it the physical trauma that you're like when you see? No, for me, like for me, it's like martial arts has been such a big part of my life and my whole family's life that I see how tough they are on a daily basis. You know, I see them pushing through. So I know that no matter what, like they're in there with somebody that's their own age, their own skill, their own weight. I don't, I don't fear for them physically hurting them because I know how tough they are. And I know that, you know, their skills are, you know, are high enough to allow them to defend themselves. I'm just worried about the outcome, you know, for them. I know how much they, they love the competition and I know how much they, they crave that win. So um, I'm just nervous on the outcome. And of course, nervous on, a little bit nervous about them getting hurt. But um, for the most part, it just, it just, nervous about the outcome because of how much they they want to win all right i'm going to kind of change direction here i just want to ask you how how close was that armbar from Mayoki? it looked like you were following the thumb out but then he changed it can you yeah you know um Shania, man he he is an incredibly talented fighter and he's one of the best mission artists out there so um once he once he locked that armbar on, um, I was fully prepared for my arm to break. And in my mind, um, you know, it, I just had a split second to think about it. And I'm just thinking, as soon as my arm just pops, I'm going to pull it out. As soon as it snaps, I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to continue fighting. But thankfully, he went to adjust. And then looking back at the replay, he went to tuck it under his armpit. And as soon as he did that, it allowed me a split second to throw the legs over my head, over his head. Um, and then sit up out of the armbar. So um, that that really that split second saved me right there. But um, I was fully prepared to let it break, and I think a few more seconds it would have broken. 
Um, but that fight meant so much to me, man. I was ready to die. So getting my arm broken was nothing. And he is a sweetheart too. He will break your arm. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's not, he, oh, yeah. He's not going to wait to see, oh, I wonder if this is going to break. He'd break your arm and go have a burger. So um, <laughs> for, for you to, yeah, so you, like, because I was watching it. As I was watching, I was like, oh, fuck, he's not going to get out. And, um, but you did. And, but your arm did bend. Did he hurt you? Like, your arm seemed to bend in a, in a rather. Well, yeah. you know, my arm was, my arm was a bit achy, um, after the fight. It was, it was sore. I'm not going to lie. But as soon as he snapped the armbar on, I had a split second. And what I did was I shifted my weight, um, I believe he was armbarring my right arm. He, I shifted my weight to the opposite side and I was able to expose my shoulder cap. And then by doing that, it just allowed a little bit more flex on my arm than it normally would have if I was pinned with my back flat. And that, that, that's what really saved my arm from being snapped right there. And then the second one was uh, when I was able to throw the legs over. But yeah, if I didn't, if I didn't clear my shoulder cap there, um, probably would have snapped a lot, a lot sooner. Yeah. Cause yeah. man, it was, that was, Good escape. I didn't think you were going to get out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie, man. It was tight. It was very tight. And then, so so what happened in between the first and second round there? Where Because you, you came out, you came out guns blazing in that second round. What, what, uh, what was the thought process behind that? Well, you know, we had a really good training camp leading up to that fight. And um, my conditioning was was just prime right there so i i came into the second round and i was completely fresh i was able to stay calm throughout the first round and then my dad was just just really calm in the corner he gave me a bit of water and he just said we got that out of the way now let's go back to the game plan our game plan was you know to stop the takedown and to touch him with the hands so that's exactly what i did um we entered into the clinch i was able to shuck out of there and then once i landed a few hands um just landed right on the right spot and I was able to, um, to put him down. So, um, that's all it was just, just kind of keeping me in focus and reminding me what our game plan was. And, uh, once I was able to execute that, then, uh, um, that was the end of the fight. Did you feel that he had slowed down going into the second round? Did you feel that he was maybe breathing hard or any, or it was just you? No, I feel like, um, I feel like Shinya was always going to do what Shinya was going to do. You know, everybody knows his game plan is to close the distance, take you down, pound you out, and submit you. So um, I knew that going to the second, he was going to plan on doing the exact same thing. It was just up to me to make it different. And, um, you know, the the game plan worked. And, um, you know, looking back at the fight, really, I was only taken down one time. And that was in the early exchanges in the clinch. Um, and he's a smart fighter. What he did was he um, he baited me. He baited me. Um, you know how you throw a jab? They want to throw a jab right back at you. Yeah. So in the clinch, um, he clinched me up. He threw a knee to my body. Sure. As I threw, as I threw the knee back, that's when he went for the rip. And then from there, um, he got me down one more time. Was with a re drop, but um, I knew that what he wanted was that clinch. So as soon as we were in there, I was just very cautious. Made made sure to back out of there, and then then I was able to execute the game plan. Do did you feel um? How worried were you when, because he, he got mount and that as well on you. How worried were you during that, those exchanges? Um, you know, I was actually strangely calm when he mounted me. 
Um, That's why I, I asked, knew that you didn't look like you were like. I'm sure you didn't want to yeah. hang out there. I'm sure you wanted. This is fucking where I want to be. But you look mm-hmm. like calm in that in those exchanges. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing is, um, me and Shinya, we've actually trained together quite a few times. Uh, when I first joined Evolve when I was 17 years old, um, he was the champ at the time, and I was just a, a young kid um, entering the team. So we'd roll together all the time, and um, he taught me out many times over and over. Um, I was able to do well, you know, but ultimately, you know, he he was just able to get the better of me in the grappling exchanges. So I knew that his best weapons were going to be from the back. So as long as I didn't give up my back, you know, I was going to be okay. And so I just stayed calm there. Um, I was defending the elbows and um i was just waiting for the perfect opportunity to get out and um you know one thing i always i always tell my my sister now my little sister as she's getting ready is like the most important thing you know in a fight is to stay focused on your end goal which is ultimately your game plan and if you stay focused enough on on your end goal and nothing that happens in the fight is going to distract you. And the only reason people get frustrated or the only reason people panic in fights is because they lose focus on their end goal. If you stay focused on that end goal the whole time, it doesn't matter what position you end up in as long as you end up uh, getting the finish in the end. So that that's what really carried me through in that fight. Was it uh, weird fighting someone who um, you trained with? Are you Were you even friends or just it's just someone you happen to share a gym with? Um, you know, we trained together, um, I think 2015 and 2016, I was 17 at the time. And then, um, you know, he went back to Japan. I went back to Hawaii. Uh, we trained together one more time. And then that was when I was 18 from there. Then we, it was two years. We both had many fights in between and and two years. And then, um, but we always stayed friendly. You know, I saw him in Japan when he won his belt back against Edward Foliang. I, you know, I was congratulating him. You know, we're very, we're very friendly when we see each other, but at the end of the day, you know, I believe we both have similar mindsets when it comes to fighting. We're in there just for, for pure business and we're both in there as martial artists. So, you know, we put our friendship aside and we just fought after the fight was over, you know, we're friends again. So that's just how it was for that one. Um, One of the fights where I really started like to, see who, who you were as well like like i'd, I'd followed because i've i follow like these obscure guys fighting in fucking russia that i i tell people <laughs> about and people are like no nah, we don't know man we got we got lives um so, <laughs> so i knew i knew about you already but i, I know martin martin you i'm pretty good friends mm-hmm. with uh one of his coaches and i've met martin a, a few times but i know how good martin is and you were like a young guy when you fought him the first time and you're still a very young guy when you fought him the second time but um, I was super impressed, man, because, you know, he's been fighting for a long time. This guy's like, you know, and it's someone that I can gauge. I can go, I oh, know Martin's got good stand-up, etc. How did you feel fighting him t- two times and pushing him to, to that split decision and also the fact that then seeing the success that he has had? Um, and when I say success, I don't mean just... Martin's wins or whatever, like he fought guys like Bibiano Fernandez, who's a legend. You fought Shinya Aoki. Like, I don't care who won. Like, you know, to, to have those good close fights is no joke. You know what I mean? So 
Mm-hmm. How, how did you prepare? Because your second fight that you had with him was a split decision, you know? Like, it was... So, yeah. Please, you told me. You were there. Um, yeah, you know, so um, me and Martin, our first matchup in, um, was in Macau uh, quite a few years back. And... You know, it was, it was a good fight. He was able to, uh, you know, land the shots he wanted to land. And, um, you know, I feel like I, I just was so young and I was just so raw when I stepped in there that I was just focused on all offense. At that time, defense was not a, a thing in my mind. You know, I was undefeated. I was, I was 18 years old and, and I just went out guns blazing. And, um, you know, I got caught. And that was a big learning experience for me. Um, I, I feel like I was able to really just reevaluate my whole game and improve from there. And then, um, you know, after a few wins in the featherweight division, I was able to get a title shot against him and a rematch. Um, you know, but I really, um, when I look back at that matchup, I really wish that I had taken just a bit of time in between um, my my previous bout with um, Kazunori Yokota because in that matchup, um, I broke my left thumb. And right after I came back, I got casted up. They offered me the title shot. And they said that I had six weeks. It was going to take five weeks to get the cast off. And I took the fight. So my whole training camp uh, consisted of just running and running and really just like, uh, you know, shadow boxing, partner drills. I wasn't able to do any sparring. I wasn't even able to hit the bag. And, you know, I didn't get the cast off before the week that I flew out. So looking back, you know, it wasn't the best idea because when I went in there, I did feel like my timing was off. I didn't have the, you know, that same um, level of conditioning that you get off of the hard sparring in a fight camp. And so I really felt like that was a big mistake on my part. You know, just I was just being so excited getting my first title shot. I didn't want to turn it down. I definitely didn't want somebody else to get the shot. So I just took the match um, with, with no real preparation. And, you know, it was able to... We, we ended up getting a split decision. Um, he got the better of that one. Um, and I feel like that was just because, you know, he's the champ. It was such a close fight. It was very uneventful. I feel like we both wanted to do more in that matchup. And, you know, that's why I still feel like um, like I would love to have a rematch, you know, just because of the fact that it was, you know, such a terrible camp. The fight, you know, didn't go the way that either of us wanted the fight to go. So um, I would love to see a finish in, in that matchup. So, but... But in terms of Martin's career, man, uh, I can't take anything away from him. He's done very well defending his belt, uh, winning the belt over Murat, first of all, and then, you know, defending the belt, going on to face guys like Bibiano. Uh, he's done great on his career so far. So, you know, no no hard feelings, nothing bad to say about him. He's done great. You're, you're at lightweight, though, now. What, what weight do you walk around at? Because you're still kind of growing. You're still 22 years old. Your body's still maturing. Yeah. So what weight do you walk around at? How heavy are you? normally four weeks after a fight um, how heavy are you normally um and four weeks after a fight i'm around 190 um 190. you know i i yeah 190 um you know off season real off season i'll get up to 200 but um you know like like typically walking around i'm, I'm 190 uh, and then from there i make a very strict descent down to 170 but um it's it's definitely getting harder harder to get the weight off. Uh, I feel like I'm just kind of filling into my frame now. And um, so the weight just, just comes on uh, easier now. But um, yeah, I definitely love to make that match happen. I, 
um, I know that I could could get my way down there um, to 55 if I needed to. But um, what weight you do you reckon know, you're gonna end up at? What well, like not what weight do you reckon you'll end up weighing when you're just walking around? Like you reckon you'll walk around at 205 like comfortably? Like as say when you're 26, 27. Yeah, I, I definitely um, think that my walking weight is, is going to gradually go up. And, um, you know, I, I see the welterweight division um, within the near future. Um, I plan on, you know, making a statement here at lightweight and clearing the whole division out before I make any moves. But uh, definitely the plan is to go to welterweight next. You should fight Martin when you like weigh 205 pounds. And, he, and he's like 145 or something. That's that's that'll be the strategically the best time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think logistically that fight will be able to happen like that, but um, <laughs> that would be great. It doesn't matter. Just call him out, and if he doesn't take it, it's like it's on him, you know. Like even yeah. though you weigh 30 kilos more, but that but that's the, the thing is I didn't I I knew you were pretty big, but um I didn't know that you walked around at 200. I I. That, that that's that's bigger than I thought. Said that you were. I, I thought. I, I honestly, I thought one eighty five or something like that because that guy that you're fighting now, the next guy. Uh, I'm not going to say his name correctly, so my apologies. Uh, is it Lapicus? La, La, yeah, yeah, Yuri Lapicus. Yeah, Lapicus. Um, he's a big boy too, and he's fourteen and oak. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I'm really excited for the matchup with Lapicus because um. He's he's just a hungry contender. He's undefeated in his professional career, and um, you know, so far he's just steamrolled through all of his opponents. So I feel like I feel like he's gonna come out the way that I did when I was eighteen, um, just guns blazing, going for my head. And um, I think he's in his mind, um, in his mind, he's gonna take me out in one round. So he's gonna be looking for an early finish. Um, and and I'm excited because I like it when I like it when I go in there with somebody who's ready to bring the fight. And I definitely think that Yuri's going to bring the fight to me. Do you do you like fighting in Asia? Are you received well at like fighting in Asia? Uh, the fact that you're from like Korean uh, is Korean and Chinese background. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. My mom's Korean. Um, my dad is uh, Chinese. He's from Singapore. Um, so your but dad's from Singapore. My dad's from Singapore. Yeah, okay. but um, but I was raised my whole life in Hawaii, and um, so uh, I would love to fight here. Uh, I heard they they were working on uh, bringing bringing one championship to U.S. possibly Hawaii. So I would love to fight in the U.S. Um, but uh, for now, it's it's been great fighting in Asia. You know, the the fans are great. They um they love they love the the high intensity action paced fight. So, um, you know, it's, it's been great so far. Um, I really can't say anything bad because, uh, my career has been, been very good so far. So are you seen as, as an Asian fighter when you're over there or are you seen as an American fighter? You know, I don't know. Um, I do rep the Singapore flag, you know, just out of respect because, um, you know, I am Singaporean. It's in my blood. A lot of people, what I hear a lot in Singapore um, you know, people saying about me and my sister is that we're not real Singaporeans because we don't hold a Singapore passport because we weren't born in Singapore. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like 
we are Singaporean. It's in our blood. So, um, you know, that's why we choose to rep it. Um, but, you know, if you ask where we're from, we you know we're from Hawaii. And that, that's our home to us. But um, for the most part, for the most part, the fans are great. And um, I think we received you know, pretty well there. Um, can you speak any other language? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, I can't. Um, not even close. But um, uh, most of my family in Singapore, they, they can speak both languages. My grandparents speak um, speak English and Chinese as well. So I've tried to learn a bit, but, um, you know, they say I've got a really uh, American accent. Are you trying to learn Mandarin? Um, I try to learn here and there, but it just doesn't come very natural to me. Um, so I just, I just try to, <laughs> try to say a few it? phrases when I can. It's super hard. I, I'm, I'm trying to learn as well. And uh, yeah, yeah. like, fuck man, I, I'll get told to stop, you know? I don't yeah, 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 exactly. Say, no, 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 just speak any other language stop stop it and then so yeah, yeah. i i don't um what happens so who are you on fight day what happens if you talk us through your your day like or i and and fight day by that i mean you know everyone's different sometimes i say to people fight day i think um i was speaking to cedric uh Dumbe, who is uh he's uh the number one kickboxer in the world at the moment at welterweight and his fight day starts week you know um mm. so all different people have fight days different you know so what's mm. fight day for you how does it what happens how does it start and when does christian the human being stop and we're going to fight by that alter ego come out um you know for me i really just try to stay as relaxed as possible um you know early on in my career i just I just be, I just be completely amped up from the moment I land, the moment I touch down, the whole week until I fight. Um, but I find that it just, it just wastes your energy. Is you know it drains you unnecessarily. Um, so my whole fight week, I'm just, I'm just very calm. Even the morning, the morning of the fight, I wake up, I'm calm, I stretch. Um, you know, I just, I loosen up a bit, and it's not until. Um, I touch down in the stadium. That's when I'm focused. And I'm focused, but I'm still calm. I keep all of my energy in and I just try to stay as relaxed as possible until the moment that I walk out for the fight. As soon as I walk out for the fight and the cage door closes, that's when it's on for me. And that's when I just channel all of my focus into um, into my fight. So for me, I just, I, I don't waste any unnecessary energy so i just try to stay as calm as possible up until that last moment when they wrap your hands up and the dude comes in and says five minutes and then you're up or you know whatever it is that he says mm -hmm. what are you feeling then feeling just calm very very peaceful um i'm just ready to go what i do is i just i just think about what I've what I've planned to do in my match and I just kind of play that over and over and I just try to remind myself everything that we've worked on for the specific opponent and I just I just keep running through um I take a lot of notes in my spare time and in my training camps so um in my notes I make a specific game plan towards my opponent towards your strength and weaknesses and what I'm going to do and um it's like I'm just reading it over and over and um 
all the way until the point where I walk out. Then I just, I make sure that uh, more importantly than anything, my mind is clear. And when my mind is clear, I'm able to just zone in on, on what I need to do. Do you feel a lot of nerves? Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, the nerves are always going to be there for me. I feel, um, just the fact, uh, that you're stepping in there, um, against another person that's trying to take your head off and, and the result is unknown. But, um, you know, for the most part, I, you know, nerves aren't too much of a deal for me. Um, as a kid competing, the nerves used to always get the better of me. I would, I would just shut down. I would feel too nervous. I, you know, I'd either get too worked up or I'd just crash and feel tired, you know, but, um, over the years, um, through my time competing as a professional, I've, I've been able to find, find a healthy medium between it all. And, um, just, just stay very focused on my game plan. And, um, you know, when I get in there, nothing matters to me more than achieving my goal in the match. So, that's all I'm focused on, and and I'm able to block the nerves out. Do the do the nerves in that disappear once you touch? Like when when does everything go away and you're in the fight? Is it once you touch gloves, or once the first punch is thrown, or once they hit you? Like when are you like you you're in the fight, you blanked out, nothing else, nerves are gone. When does that happen? As soon as I step into the cage. Or even that's before, when it happens to me. Even even before. yeah, even before. So as soon as the thing, you everything's gone. Yeah, soon as, as soon as I step in there, I'm ready to go. And you know, without without any of the announcements, without touching gloves, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to throw it down right on the spot. Awesome. I have a question as well in regards to obviously you're a very competent fighter. You've achieved a lot of things in your own right, but there would have been times when you were growing up, you were watching guys like Eddie Alvarez, Shinya Yoki. Like, if you watched fighting, you watched these guys fight. Um, especially someone like Eddie, who's fought everywhere. He's fought in every single thing. And now they are potential matchups. And Shinye was a, was a matchup. What's that like? You know, for me, um, my mindset um, when it comes to fighting guys like uh, guys like Shinya, guys like Eddie, you know, they're legends in the sport, you know, and I, I respect all that they've done in their careers and all that they've done for the sport of, of MMA. But the moment I sign the contract, the moment I step into the cage with them, it really does not matter who they are or what they've done. You know, I could be stepping in there with, um, with Mike Tyson, you know, I, I have extreme so much respect for, for, the guy, but it really doesn't matter who's standing across from me. It doesn't matter what they've accomplished. When when I sign the contract, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to put my life on the line against them. So um, when I stepped in there with Shinya, you know, he he was not Shinya Aoki. He was just another man standing in front of me, um, trying to trying to take me out. So uh, you know, for me, that's that's how I think of it when I step in there. Where, where where do you want to go? Like, what do you want to do with, with the fighting? Because you've achieved so much so young. Um, what's, like, where are we heading? Where Where is the Christian Lee train going? Um, man, you know, for me, um, yeah, I find that a lot of people, when they when they enter fighting, of course, every fighter, their end goal is to get the belt, you know, to be a champion. But for me, um, 
it's really kind of just marks the start for my journey. Um, once I captured the belt, I felt like, like this was just the beginning of my story. Um, I plan on defending it many times. Um, you know, there's a lot of hungry, talented competitors in the lightweight division. So I plan on defending my belt against each and every one of them. And, and once the division's cleared out, that's when I make my move up to welterweight and uh, from there do the same. So you, you will be making a move up to welterweight for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's for sure. All right, cool. And so now when when's your youngest sister, when is she debuting? Like when is she fighting? Um, can't say when she's fighting, um, but she just started her camp. So it's going to be pretty soon. So, wow. And uh, then you'll have, and, and your, your other sister, will the three of you in a conceivable future fight on the same card? Is that something that, that is logistically possible? Like, with um, you know, it, it is possible. Um, you know, with my sister and I, we started off fighting on the same card with each other. Uh, we've done it a, a a handful of times already um but we always say after the fight that this is the last time we always say that we're not going to do it again because it's just so it's so much pressure so much stress um just having both of us uh fighting together um but who knows you know right now we're saying that um that it wouldn't be ideal we wouldn't want to happen but uh who knows it could very well happen um in the near future but um right now my sister yeah. No, no. So sorry. Go. I know my sister. She's um, she's she's uh, taking a little break with her uh, pregnancy. Course, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she'll be when she when she comes back. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe one championship will make it happen. Because oh, I was going to ask you, is that something that one would has mentioned or is pushing towards? Because I don't think that for sure has never happened. Like yeah. three three siblings on the one. Couple, yeah, yeah. Like sisters and the brother never that would never have happened mm -hmm. i don't know if that was something that that they mentioned or pushed for or, or whatever yeah yeah um i'm very i'm sure that they would they would um they would really appreciate that i'm sure that it would uh it would be a big marketing push but um you know we'll see we'll see uh maybe if the fights line up correctly and the dates line up but um <laughs> that, that's a whole lot of stress you should get them all like your younger brother, your brother-in-law, and your dad. Oh, your the dad five of us. Looks, your, your dad still looks young. You know, your dad could still do it. You have Step five, in there. Yeah, you have six of you all in the, in the one card. <laughs> um, never stops up here, mate. Never stops. Yeah. Now, hey, man, look, listen, I know you you took your day out um to some time out of your day. You just finished the session. I really appreciate your time, man, and, and thank you so much for, for doing this. And we'll definitely be watching your fight and wish you the very, very best of luck. Is there, where can people reach you? Uh, where can fans go and look and et cetera? And what other projects have you got that are coming up before? I think? Oh, yeah. Well, well, first off, man, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, it, was, it was great talking with you. Um, thank you, man. Yeah. But for all the fans, man, you can catch me on um, Instagram or Facebook. It's just Christian Lee MMA. Um, I can't promise that I'll, I'll be posting actively. I try my best to, uh, but most of my time is spent here in the gym 
or uh, you know with my wife and my family but um I, I appreciate all the the love and support from the fans and it, it's really what keeps this sport alive is uh the support from the fans so um yeah, i appreciate it whoever's watching this show uh, awesome awesome um and any projects like your your family's gym is united mma in hawaii whereabouts in hawaii is it yeah united mma it's located in um on oahu in uh waipio so uh for anyone who's in hawaii uh, um the, the gym is temporarily closed right now but we're looking to reopen um early next year so uh definitely do a big big push and we'll, we'll be posting that once it once it gets re reopened oh awesome awesome all right thank you so much man and good luck with your fight and good luck with your preparation and again thanks a lot my friend take care all right man no problem take care